I've got something on my mind. I want to speak it. And uh, it's, it's something that, it, that I go through. And maybe somebody's sitting here going through it. But I want to give you a little encouragement if you are going through it. Just This has been on my heart. And, and it, all of y'all know I battle depression. You, y'all know that. It's not, it's not a hidden thing. I tell everybody I battle depression and all kinds. Especially, especially as a pastor, you really, really battle depression. And, and, uh, and I, I've gone through that valleys and depression. And I've gone through that uh, uh, dry spells. And I uh, just ask God, you know, what's the use? What is the use? And God directs me to this book right here and says, you need to, need to read, read that. And I, I read it, and I, and I say, God, I ain't getting nothing out of that. He says, no, 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 no. You need to read it. And I'll read it again. Lord, I'm still not getting nothing out of this. He said, I, I told you to read it. You're just skimming through it. You need to stop and read this. And I stopped, and I read this, and uh, it, it opened my eyes up. And I've I seen some things in there that maybe help you tonight. Like I said, I'm not going to preach tonight. I'm just going to give you a, a, what I go through and maybe you might be going through. Uh, and it might help you and give you a, a, a sense of encouragement. No, no matter what you're facing, God is still good enough. Amen. God is still good enough. Yeah. Amen. Yep. Second Timothy chapter 1 tonight. I want to read this ver- chapter. Not all of it, just a... A few verses, then I'm going to tell you what I deal, what I went through, what God showed me in this to help me out in those times that I get depressed, get depressed. Second Timothy chapter 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God according to the promise of life which is in Jesus Christ. Of Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience. Without ceasing I have rem- uh, remembrance of thee in my prayers day and night. Greatly desiring to see thee being mindful of thy tears that I have made be filled with joy. When I called remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. And I persuade that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on the hand of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the power, love, and a sound mind. Be thou not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor me his prisoner, but be thou partakers of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God. Let us pray. Father, we just come before you tonight. Lord, just ask you to touch us, help us up, lift us, encourage us, Lord. Uh, some here needs to be lifted up. There are some here that needs to be encouraged tonight. Father, we're facing battles that's before us, and we just don't know what to do. Maybe, Lord, something we could say tonight could help them in that battle they face. Father, I praise you. I glorify you. Empty me yourself and fill me thy spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. And, and it's amazing to me that Paul, the apostle Paul, did his, 
did after his conversion experience. Understanding that most of the New Testament was written by Paul. And he did that in less than 20 years. Less than 20 years. I mean, when he got saved, he got saved and he got busy. And he served God faithfully. And throughout his life, in spite of the circumstances, despite the, the rejection, Paul remained true to the serving of the Lord Jesus Christ. But now Paul has come to the end, and he's come to the end of his ministry and his life. He writes this letter to a young preacher that needed to be encouraged. What you see in this passage, in this chapter, Paul has been a spiritual father to a young Timothy. He was deeply, deeply loved by Paul and Timothy, loved Paul. They each loved each other. And I believe of all, especially pastors, we have looked at someone that was a spiritual leader, a spiritual father, if you will. I, I've had them in my life that I looked at, and they showed me what... I needed to do. They helped me. They prayed for me and, and led me to things I needed. They, they taught me how to care and love for people. And I think that's important for a pastor. Paul has been a mentor for Timothy, a spiritual leader for Timothy, an encourager and a friend. But Paul now is in prison. In chapter 3, verse 1, it says, This know also that the last days perilous times shall come. Paul is telling Timothy, Their days are going to be difficult in your life. The days are going to get hard, son. There are going to be some times you know you need to do something, but you don't know what to do. Difficult, dangerous, violent, wicked, hard times are part of life. And if we're not careful, listen to me, if we're not careful, we will bury, be buried in a cloud of depression and discouragement because it is hard. Yes, it's hard. Paul told Timothy, this know also. What he's saying, Timothy, you need to be aware of this. You need to be aware of these are the days that we're living in today. But also, don't forget what I'm about to tell you, Timothy. I want you to give you a reminder, the message tonight. Tonight, as what Paul told Timothy, Paul said, Timothy, don't ever forget this. And please, don't you ever forget this. In chapter 1 of 2 Timothy, there are some binding truths that we need to hold of. What a, what a binding truth. He just lists them in chapter 1. Let me show them to you right quick. I, I believe this helped me when I face depression, when I'm going through these things saying, Lord, what's the use? What's the use? I don't see anything happening, Lord. I don't see any movement, Lord. What is the use? If, if this is just a job, then I might as well just give it up and go flip burgers somewhere because I don't see anything moving, God. Read the passage. Read the passage. So I read. The first binding truth I want you to get a hold of and don't ever forget it. God changes people. Yeah. 
where did you get that out of that? The very first word of the chapter. Paul. <laughs> Paul. <laughs> Paul. Do we need to go any further just saying Paul? I think he got changed. I think his life got transformed to something. In Acts chapter 9 verse 1, and it said, And Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughters against the disciples of the Lord went unto the high priest. He's not preaching the gospel in Acts chapter 9. In fact, uh, he's doing everything he can do to discourage it, wipe it out, get rid of it, and get these Christians off the face of earth. He's trying to get rid of everything. In spite of that, Paul said, I, he said, I, I'm not a, a Christian. He wants to stop the cause of the gospel. But if you go down to verse 3, as he journeyed, he came to the road to Damascus. And suddenly there shine about him a light from heaven. Something happened to Paul. Something happened to Paul. Down in verse 19 of the same chapter, Acts 9, and when he had received meat, he was strengthened. There was certain Saul, which is Paul, a certain days with the disciples, which were in Damascus, and straightway he preached Christ, and the synagogue that is the Son of God. Now, wait a minute. In those 20 short verses there, Paul went from persecuting the church, went to hating Christian, and now he's standing in the synagogue. He's preaching Christ is the Son of God. Something happened to him. He was changed. So what happened to him? It's not the same man we're reading about in 2 Timothy here. And yes, he is the same man. But he was transformed by the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul is an apostle of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you something? You'll never meet, <laughs> you'll never meet Jesus and leave the same way you came. You never will. You either leave saved or leave unsaved. He has changed so many lives. And in here tonight, he has changed so many lives in here tonight. He has changed not only your lives, he's changed my life. And that's why I had given my life to him and said, Lord, here it is. I, I, I understand these binding truths. You do change people's lives. You've changed mine. I was heading down the wrong road. I was heading to hell as fast as I can get there. But when I met you, you changed my life. You'll never leave the same if you really get a hold of Jesus Christ. He didn't say he was changed by the promise or some promise, but the promise. There's only, only one way to get to heaven, that's through Jesus Christ. Paul clarifies that in chapter 1. There's no gospel outside of Jesus Christ. He, he talks about the certainty of the promise. Ain't you glad he promises eternal life? For those that have their faith in Him, He promises. If you come to Him, you can have eternal life. He'll change your life. Paul talks about the certainty of the promise in verse 1. He talks about the uh, vitality of the gospel. 
The promise is what? Life. It is an, isn't dead. Jesus is alive. And everyone that comes to Jesus Christ can be changed in an instant. In your darkest days, don't forget God still changes people. I, I'm fearful we as a church, we're stuck our heads in the sand in difficult days, in perilous days in which we live today. And we don't think God can change people. And we fall in that depression, that discouragement, thinking, well, Lord, what's the use? I'm not seeing anything. If you get to the point thinking that God doesn't change people's lives anymore, we don't see people get saved like we used to. You get to the point thinking, what good am I doing? Nothing is happening. Then we might as well quit. But God put something in my soul when I was reading this. He burnt something in my soul. I may not see what I want to see, but God is doing what God needs to do. God still changes people's lives. Paul said in verse 2, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ our Lord. Paul said, I, I am that I am by the grace of God. It's not me, it's not my actions, it's nothing but by the grace of God that I am that I am. He said, don't ever forget, no matter how dark it may seem, no matter how depressed you get, you feel like throwing in a towel, don't do it because God still changes people. So God still changes people. And we don't, don't ever forget that. You might not think that it does, but God still changes people. Can I say also in this, people influence people? People influence people. We are to influence other people. Verse 3, he talks about, I have remembrance. In verse 4, he said, I am mindful of the tears. In verse 5, when I'm called to remembrance, then frame faith. You, Paul, you in prison, you're facing execution. You probably would write, and I know I would, oh, woe is me letter. Oh, woe was me letter. I, I don't think I'd write a letter on how I remember someone or thinking about someone, how I remember their tears. How, I don't think I'd be writing a letter of that kind of letter. Here, Paul, lonely, facing death. He, he could have been filled with, oh, woe is me. But instead, he's thankful, he's grateful. He has the remembrance of the faithfulness and love of a young man called Timothy. And this, in spite of the thankfulness, prevented Paul from focusing on his discomfort and his pain. He, he's focusing on someone else. Can I, can I tell you, church, that's our problem of the day. We, we get too big a focus on ourselves and not someone else. 
We ought to learn, said, Lord, open my eyes that I may see. Open my eyes that I may see. See the hurt in somebody's life. See what they might be going through. I, I might not be going through nothing right now, but Lord, open my eyes that I may help them and be of, of somebody that can influence in their life. Open my eyes. We focus too much on self instead of somebody else. And I've been there. I know what that's like. I've done that. Here Paul's in prison writing a letter that you and I would probably say, oh, woe is me. But he's thinking about Timothy. It, it permitted Paul to focus on helping somebody before he died. Sometimes when you get to that dark period in your life, am I helping anybody else? Because I feel like I'm in jail. And everybody has forgotten me. They've forsaken me. I have to remember, I'm still influencing people. Paul said, I have served God with this pure conscience. He said, in my prayers day and night. Timothy, you're there in my prayers day and night. Can I tell you the greatest expression of love that any one of us could show to anyone else is that you say, I'm praying for you, and you do it. What, what an expression of love. You see the hurt of somebody. You see what they're facing. You see what they're going through. You say, I'm going to pray for you. And when you say, I'm going to pray for you, you mean you're going to pray. Paul says, day and night, I remember you in my prayers. I'm thinking of you in my prayers. This, this was personal to Paul. He said, I am mindful of your tears. Now, we don't know why he said the tears. We don't know why T tears of discouragement, tears of stress, tears of joy. We don't know why. But here's what Paul is saying. Timothy, I have taken note of you. You are in my heart. I'm dying, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to forget about you. This alone will influence Timothy alone. This will influence Timothy in his ministry. This is what I've learned. God knows every tear that falls from your face. That's an encouragement. Bottles full of tears. But listen to me, listen to me. We should take note of tears of others. When someone is going through something and it brings tears to their eyes, you should take note of that. That's what Paul is telling us. He said, Timothy, I am mindful of your tears. Timothy, I saw you hurting. I took note of your hurting. When's the last time you took note of somebody hurting? A brother or sister in church hurting. When's the last time you took note of that? Now don't forget, Paul's in jail. He's writing this to Timothy. He's trying to encourage Timothy. And yet Paul knows he's getting ready to be executed. But yet he's trying to encourage a young preacher. I'm mindful. He said, I'm mindful of your tears. Can I say this? No one should ever go through the battles of life alone. No one should ever do that. 
We got brothers and sisters. We're in Christ. We're the same family. None of us should ever go through a battle in life alone. Then he goes on and says, I remember your grandmother and your mother and their faith. And he said, your grandmother and your mother influenced your life, Timothy, to come to know Christ. He said, I remember the unfeigned faith that is in thee. But it didn't start with you, Timothy. It started with the mother and your grandmother. They heard the gospel. They got uh, saved and they shared it with you. You got saved. You're influencing people. Can I say this? We should be influencing our young people today. You've heard this over and over. Don't let the unsaved influence our kids. Let's start saving. Let's let the saved start to influence our kids. Amen. Paul said, I'm dying, but I want to make sure that you understand, Timothy, I love you. I know what you got in you. Be faithful. I look around here, and, I, and, and that's what we need to do is pass down faith. Grandmother, mother, we got grandmother here, we got mother here, we got granddaughter here, great granddaughter here. And that faith is being passed down. That's what we need to do. Pass our faith down to those that's around us. We got fathers and sons here, pass that faith down. We got, fam- we got each other, we need to pass that faith that we have down and show them that there is something other than this world. God changes people. People influence people. Reminders motivate us. Paul said in verse 6, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance, that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by pursuing, putting on thy hands. Paul had a conviction that Timmy had true faith. And it's because of Timothy, I, I'm encouraging you, Timothy, to set that faith ablaze. That phrase, uh, stir up the gift, it, it's an idea of kindling a dying fire. If you read and study this, Timothy was bound to discouragement. This is not his first time. Timothy was like me. He was bound to discouragement. He had to face discouragement. In fact, some of you might be facing discouragement tonight. Maybe you're struggling with discouragement or depression or health issue. And what Paul is telling Timothy, he's telling us, it's time that you stoke the fire. Keep that flame burning in your heart. Now that doesn't mean the Holy Spirit don't have a burning flame doesn't have a strong flame. But God expects us, it's our responsibility to stoke the flame in our life. Here's what Timmy had to experience. His life was changed like Paul's changed. God changed his life. Paul influenced him. And Paul looks at him and said, Timothy, you are responsible to stoke the fire 
that is in you, God is telling us tonight, it is our responsibility to stoke the fire in us, to keep that flame burning in us. Do whatever you need to do to keep the flame burning. We find in 1 Timothy, Paul tells Timothy, not to neglect the gift that's in thee. Don't neglect it. Now we find him telling him to stir up that gift that's in you. So he's urging Timothy, you need to, the, uh, your fire stoked. That's why we come to church. To get our fire stoked. That's why we have prayers, to get our fire stoked. Because can I tell you, this world can put your fire out quickly. It, it don't take much to get a fire took out. And I want to be honest, it's not the preacher's responsibility, it's not the singer's responsibility, it's your responsibility to keep that fire going inside of you. And I don't know about you, but sometimes the fire gets dim in me. It gets dim. And I have to be reminded. It's my responsibility. Because if I'm, if I'm relying on you to stoke my fire, it may go out. And if you're relying on me to stoke your fire, it may go out. But I got to do what I need to do to make sure the fire is still burning inside of me. Because if the fire is still burning inside of me, maybe I can help you, encourage you to stoke your fire. Amen. We can help you, but if we can't do it, that's your, your fault. See, we're in a battle. We're in a battle. And if we're in a battle, we have a problem of becoming fearful. And God didn't give us the spirit of fear. God said, I'll take that spirit of fear and replace it with power, love, and a sound mind. That is being like Paul is standing when it's dark. The power to continue on. We need to love each other instead of killing each other. I find that we like to kill more than we do love. We like to stab them in the back and walk off. But we need to love. And he gives us the... Uh, 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 the discipline of a sound mind. I, I've learned this. Things are never as good as they seem and they're never as bad as they seem. God is God. I'm just trying to give you some encouragement because some of us are facing that valley that we don't want to be in, but we get into it and it's going to happen to you now and it'll happen to you again. But don't throw the towel in. Don't back up. Don't quit. Amen. And I really believe Timothy needed to hear what Paul was telling him. And, if, and I believe this with all my heart. If Timothy needed to hear what Paul is telling him, I believe we need to hear what Paul is telling Timothy and telling us. God is good enough. Binding truths don't ever Ever forget, God can change people. He has changed people. People influence people. And we need to be reminded of it. 
over and over. God is still God. God has been good. And I've been through, I, I don't know if y'all are going through that, but I, I go through that quite a few times. And, and I don't like it. And I go right back to here and I sit down and read it again. God, you have to show me again. I, I, I need to be encouraged again. Because I, I, you know, I, my fire is about to go dim on me. And I want it to stay burning bright. I don't know about you. What, you want your fire to be burning bright? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, can I say this? And I'm about done. I'm going to let Lily go home. <laughs> a church on fire is a church that never dies. That's just, that's just it. We're on fire. We'll never die. Now, we won't die spiritually. We'll die physically sooner or later. I'm just telling you, there's going to be a day that I, I won't be standing here. And some of y'all be sitting out there. You remember that old gray-headed man out there preaching and smitten and snorting? He was on fire. Amen. <laughs> yeah, but we need to stay on fire. Because I'm telling you that discouragement, can you say, well, I, I don't go through fits of discouragement. You're telling, you better come to the altar and repent. Because you're telling a lie. <laughs> you don't say, well, I, I, I don't go through bouts of depression. You better come to the altar because you're lying. Because I'm telling you, I'm being honest with you. I go through it. If I'm going through it, y'all be going through it. But I'm telling you, God is enough. God is enough. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, God is enough. We just need to get a hold of it and let the flames grow inside of us. Amen.